So as, as mentioned, I'm Petri, and I am uh, the developer of Noita. And today the talk is going to be uh, the design history of Noita. I'm going to move myself into this corner here like this. Uh, so mostly this talk is going to be uh, more about game design and less of, less of a tech talk. And if you're interested in the tech behind Noita, there's a GDC talk that I did. Uh, earlier that goes a bit more into the into that but now that the game is out i get to kind of like talk about where the design of noita came from so but before we get any further i'd like to introduce uh the team that worked on noita this is me here and then we had arvi Teikari, who is now known for baba is you and uh, Oli hariola who is known for the swapper so this was the three of us who were like the core team of Noita that worked on it for many, many years. And then there were a few collaborators, uh, namely Nilo Pakalainen, who did audio for us, and then Antti Tihonen, who did uh, graphics and gameplay and content later on. But to the main subject matter, uh, just the design history of Noita. So there's this saying in, in Finnish um, that, Noita on parastarjolla kylmänä, which roughly translates to uh, Noita is a dish best served cold. And what that means is that, uh, let me just show you, that Noita is a very difficult game and it's very likely that you will die a lot during. So this is a, <laughs> you're missing the audio, unfortunately, but I think it's better for the copyright. <laughs> this is a, Death's compilation video from uh, Boma Beradico, I think is on YouTube. Uh, so Noita is a roguelike and it's a permadeath game and it's very likely that you will die a lot in it. So that's what I mean that it's a dish best served cold. Uh, but there's another aspect to this dish uh, served best cold part, which is that if you're the kind of a player who likes to play games without knowing too much about them beforehand and appreciates the mystery, uh, Noita is a great game for that. Uh, and I'm going to be spoiling a bunch of things during this talk. So if you're, if this sounds like a game that you'd like to play, a very difficult, uh, punishing game that's got lots of secrets, then I kind of recommend that you don't watch the rest of this talk and <laughs> go play Noita instead. And now that maybe all the you know, hardcore gamers are gone, we can kind of like discuss the game design of this game. So I will start this off by kind of first playing Noita a little bit. So then hopefully you will get a bit better idea what the game is if you have not played it. So I will just, this is a new run and I will try to, you know, play this as we go. So. As I mentioned, Noita is a roguelite. Uh, it's more in the tradition of Spelunky uh, in the sense that there's not much permanent unlocks that you can do like, like in a game of Rogue Legacy. But you essentially, you know, uh, you essentially go around in a, you're this mage character, you go around in the dungeon and you cast your very deadly spells and you, you murder uh, you know, the enemies that are in this procedural dungeon. 
you go around kind of looking for loot to find. And, and the kind of main um, thing that we kind of advertised Noita, oh my God, what's happened here? Let me see. Uh, so the main thing that, that Noita is kind of known for is this pixel simulation. So uh, every pixel is simulated was our kind of one tagline, which roughly translates to like, let me just show you, like you can, you can destroy, have the worst destruction things, but like, you know, you can destroy all the pixels and, you know, here's some wood and you can set this wood on fire and it will burn. And, you know, here's some, here's some liquids that are hanging around uh, the liquids cave liquid like and, and so forth. And so the main gameplay essentially consists of you kind of going through this procedurally generated levels and you kind of like try to make it far enough. And once you make it far enough, you find there's this portal. And when you go into it, you get to this place. And this is essentially like, you know, your pit stop. You get your uh, health back up here. You get to refresh uh, some of your spells that may have uh, limited uses. You get to use the gold that you gathered from murdering things uh, to use the shop. And then, then you get a perk here. And I am going to, this would be a really good perk to pick, but I'm just gonna pick gamble for the fun of it get kind of boring but anyway the big one more big thing here that i kind of want to show you before we kind of move on is is the mechanic that gets kind of introduced here which is one of the main mechanics of noita is that you get to uh modify and make your own spells so the way that works is you can see i have this blue wand for example here here's what's in the blue wand it shoots these purple things uh, and I have this red wand and the red wand choose these dynamites. So what I can do is I can like, you know, put the, put the dynamites into the blue wand and now the blue wand shoots dynamite. Or, you know, I could put the purple thing and the dynamite. So then when I shoot, it's gonna shoot the purple thing, then the dynamite. So that's, that's the kind of like the core basics of it. Uh, the more, you kind of get into it the more kind of crazier things you can do and it's it's you know i'm just showing some of those spells here we're kind of lacking any good things but maybe i will show this so there's other ways to modify like this this will make my ammunitions that i shoot out of this have like this light that you can kind of barely see uh but it's handy for some things and then i will just show you that once you exit this place, this place will you know collapse and you're on to a new level. And you continue this, you go down in this level. Oh, that was a bad place. And I completely forgot to bring my, can we get through it this way? Yes, we can. This uh, cyan thing melts. Uh, steel oh well okay i will end here i'm just going to say that then there's going to be a next uh pit stop and then there's going to be a next level and so forth and that's you go down and there's a boss and then when you kill the boss uh you know you've completed the game so that's the that's the general uh general structure of noita uh and then i'm going to show you a few spoilers about it so if that's what you've played, you've kind of 
maybe seen that. So there was, there was this was actually posted on the subreddit today, which I found funny, uh, which is a guy saying, hey, Noita, why do you always wear that mask? And the mask says level-based falling sand rope-like. And when they lift the mask, it says open world deck building Metroidvania, which is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of surprisingly accurate. Uh, the map of the Noita while like is here, and this is going to be a spoiler territory. So like, I'm just going to show you, here's the uh, first area that we kind of went through. Here's the holy mountain. Here's the next area. Uh, the first kind of a spoiler is that this is uh, essentially an open world. So if you can figure out a way to go back up from here somehow, you can actually visit the places that you've kind of gone through. And then the next thing I'm just going to show you, this is the general structure as you go down through these levels. Here's the vault. Here's the temple of the arts. And then you make it here's the boss. Uh, but there's like other things, like if you somehow manage to break through these boundaries that we've set here, there's like, you know, there's other things hiding in here. Uh, and there, there's this mountain that you started on. If you manage to kind of climb over it somehow, you can get, there's like this, you know, desert place here. And if, if there's a, there's this tree on the other side, on the other side, there's like, you need snow place. And I'm just going to zoom back out here so you can kind of see the you know, the size of the map. There's like a bunch of stuff up here if you manage to go there. And there's a bunch of stuff if you manage to go down here. And, you know, there's this huge ginormous lake here that some player recently drank all of this lake and it took like 120 hours or whatever. I don't know why they did it, but yeah. So essentially this is one of those things that I think makes Noita kind of cool and unique and is kind of like the design philosophy behind it. So we tried to make the game, uh, or like you can understand it in a spatial sense. So the world has these kind of like mm, invisible walls that you would think, but as a player, you might find ways to go behind those invisible walls. And when once you go there, there's usually something there. Like, so the world is much bigger than you think. It's kind of like boundless in a way. We don't really know where the limits of the world are even. Uh, and while that is, true in the spatial sense, and it's true also in the, in the mechanical sense of Noit. So that spell crafting that I showed that you can do here in the Holy Mountains, you can like, you can push that very far also. Like there's no real mechanical limit to it either. So you can do some really crazy combinations with that. And we don't actually know what the bounds of that system are. Uh, we do know now that there are some combinations that you can crash the game with if you, if you push it far enough and so do the players. So, which I think is the ultimate goal of any player in this game is to find, you know. So now that you hopefully have a bit of a sense of what, you know, Noita is and how, how it kind of plays. I am going to show you where where the stuff came from. So we're going to go back in time uh, to 2007 when when I had more hair right around here. Uh, and in 2007, I participated in a game competition called Gamma 256, and I made this game for it. And this is uh, called Bloody Zombies. 
this game is inspired by Peter Jackson's uh, masterpiece of cinema, Brain Dead. Uh, so you're you're a guy who's got a lawnmower, and there's these zombies, and uh, you know you can blood surf, you can surf in the blood with the lawnmower. But mainly the idea is that you can use the lawnmower to get a lot of blood out of the zombies. Uh, so hopefully, I hope I'm hoping this is showing. My screen's bugging out a bit, but I trust that it's still working. Uh, so the genesis of this idea was that Gamma 256 had this restriction that you had to make a game that used to resolution 256 times 256 and lower. So what ended up happening there is I realized that if you're going to do something so in such a low resolution, you can use quite a lot of CPU power per pixel to simulate things. So that's where the idea came from to kind of you know, do a liquid simulation that would be in the same fidelity as the game. And so the simulation here is essentially just a falling sand with a, with a small particle system on top of it. And this worked fine. Like as a small game, this is kind of fun to play around and mess, mess around with. But also this, this thing, I couldn't quite see more to this than, than is in this one. Uh, but so in between this, I'm just gonna move this bit. So in between Bloody Zombies in, from 2007 uh, and then 2009, I released Crayon Physics Deluxe. And after Crayon Physics Deluxe, I kind of, Bloody Zombies was kind of like still fresh on my mind. And I was kind of thinking that, oh, there were things that I kind of wanted to do in that prototype. So between 2009 and 2011, I played around with a bunch of different prototypes for games to kind of figure out if I could make pixel art look kind of cooler. So this is a Maze of Space, which kind of tried to make pixel art look very painterly. And then I made this, this is a sticky notes shooter where I make pixel art out of sticky notes. Um, the problem with these was that the resolutions were so small that it was really hard to like actually do good pixel art or interesting gameplay on top of it. But in 2011, I kind of returned to the bloody zombies uh, stuff again, and I made this. So this is called Falling Everything, and this was just a... Uh, sandbox, falling sand sandbox, where you can kind of play around. And I implemented a bunch of the things that I didn't have time to do in, in Bloody Zombies. So here, you know, you can, you can, there's sand and there's liquids, then there's gases, which may look familiar if you've played Noida, then there's fire. And most importantly, the thing that I wanted to test was that could I do like rigid bodies with this? So it turns out that I could which I was pretty happy with. So you could, you know, put these rigid bodies and make them fall and they interact with the simulation in, in pretty good ways. Like, so I was pretty happy with this uh, thing. And playing around in the sandbox was kind of fun. And you could see these kind of emergent stuff happening all around. Uh, and I was kind of like, okay, I, I'm gonna try if I can make a game out of this. Uh, I was kind of smart enough to know that it's not gonna be that easy but I guess I was dumb enough to think that I could still do it 
So the first idea I had was to make a procedurally generated uh, Hitman game where you would go into a building with the goal of uh, you had to assassinate someone. So I made, here's, here's the building. Here's, here's like, you know, your character that you could move around. And my idea was that you could use this, this, uh, these complex systems in kind of like interesting ways to do your assassinations. So the idea was that there'd be like a sprinkler system somewhere and you would be above your target and you could like, you know, set the sprinkler system, uh, you know, uh, off and it would flood the floor with water. And then you would drill a hole uh, above your dark target in the floor and, you know, you would flood like, you know, this, uh, you know, you would flood the target with water and you had blocked the door of the target so they couldn't get out. And then you could like, you know, murder them by, they would, they would drown in the water from the sprinkler system or something like that. Those are kind of like the ideas I had. It's like, okay, you can kind of like do these uh, kind of cool emergent things. And I'm just going to show you like what usually happened. I'm kind of speeding up a little bit here, but this, this is kind of like what usually happened in this <laughs> uh, prototype, which was that, you know, the whole level would kind of like collapse into this puddle of rubble in the, the bottom. So this was kind of cool and emergent thing that I didn't expect to happen, which was kind of fun, but it was also kind of made me realize that it's gonna be really hard to make a game out of this or like make a game that kind of like supports these silent, cool ways of assassinating people. Because like, if you can just like collapse the whole building, why would you, you know, <laughs> why would you assassinate anyone in a, in a more subtle way? And then there would have to be some sort of punishing mechanic for destroying the building, but the destroying the building would be fun. So those things would automatically start fighting each other. And then the other problem I realized is going to be like, okay, if I, it's going to be Hitman, there needs to be an AI. And how is this AI going to work in this highly dynamic world? And it's supposed to be represented by humans, so it can't be kind of dumb. So there is a whole lot of things here that I could not quite figure out how to do. But collapsing the building was fun. So in 2011 at Toe Jam in Toronto, I made a game where the goal was to collapse the building so this is it uh you could uh how did this work you could you were supposed to be you're like a deconstruction worker and your job is to demolish these buildings right you would put these ammunitions all around and then you know set it off and the idea would be that you know you wouldn't damage the neighboring buildings and you would just like try to collapse the thing and you would get damages like here you can see if you damage the neighboring buildings so the whole the whole goal was just to make buildings collapse and this is also kind of fun and okay uh but it was i think also lacking quite a bit like it didn't go up i couldn't see this going beyond you know just making things collapse uh, so I couldn't see there being more to this game than what you can kind of like see here. So that got scrapped. Uh, but I continued working on, on this falling sand simulation uh, game. And, and the next game idea I had was to 
media game that was called then Wizard Physics. And <clears throat> this was in 2012. And this is when I asked Arvid Deikar to come help me out and you know make some pixel art. And the idea was uh, to make a game that would be like a combination of um, Spelunky and Magicka. <clears throat> so here you can see here this kind of wizard looking character and there's the spell casting system. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the spell casting system works so that you will be typing in elements. And so you can see here, there's these four elements and you can type them in and spells will happen. And the way it works is any material here can be described uh, with these four elements. So here you can see this is rock. Rock would be earth, earth. And then you could make like rock to water. So that would be earth, earth, water. And then when you cast this, this will be converted into water. Or you could do rock, rock, fire, which would convert this to fire. Uh, you'd also do combinations. So like air and fire, I think is smoke. So, right, this would be converted into smoke. And so the idea would be that you would go around, oh my God, go around this uh, procedurally generated dungeon, uh, fighting these enemies and, you know, killing them with your spells. So let me do just like, you know, air to fire, air to fire here. Yeah. Oh no, I'm on, I'm on fire. <laughs> but yeah, this is, you can do kind of like <clears throat> pretty crazy combos here. And it was, it was pretty fun. Like, I think you could also do something like this, which would lift things up. Uh, uh, this is a good prototype. And you would be thinking like, okay, this is, you know, you can see how the game went from here to Noita. But uh, I think you would be kind of wrong. So the cool thing and the problems with this were that A1, because the spellcasting system was always the same. If you figure it out like a really good spell, you suspend that. So let's say uh, air to fire would be the thing that would be the best. You suspend air to fire, air to fire, air to fire, air to fire all the time and kind of beat the game with that. And the second part was that while it was cool to see all this physics destruction and you know unpredictable things happening, that was also what was the big problem with it. So you would die to something like you'd cast a spell and you would be set on fire and you would die because it was permanent game would be over. And that felt like very janky and not fun. But it was kind of cool at the same time. So at this time stage, I think I showed this to Olli Hariola. He was working on Swapper at the same time, and he was kind of interested in, in continuing to work like on this after he had finished Swapper. So with that in mind, I kind of continued working on this, uh, or me and Arvi continued working on this. And so we figured one of the problems that you can still see here is that the world was limited to a 256, 256 uh, area. So we figured, let's get rid of that. So I started working on, on the engine side to, you know, 
make a much bigger world. So you can see here, uh, we made a much bigger world and you know, it was procedurally generated. And the gameplay that we kind of like ended up then putting in there was like this very Terraria-esque gameplay. So you go around, you know, digging things. This is horrible prototypes. <laughs> It does not make much sense, but like, you know, you could go digging around uh, with your pickaxe and then, you know, you could put pixels back into the world, Terraria style. And this is, this is okay, but it was not really like, you know, working. Like you can kind of see this movement is still a bit janky. Uh, placing of pixels back into the world was too fine, so you didn't couldn't really like you know easily build anything. Uh, but uh, you know, having this big world to go around looking for things was kind of fun. Uh, so around this time, we figured out that okay, maybe like you know you end up in these kind of situations where you're stuck in the world and in this pixel rubble. So we figured out that the the original wizard physics prototype that I showed, one of the things that was fun was killing enemies with these physics powers that he had. But what wasn't fun was dying to like, you know, these physics glitches and whatnot and getting stuck in. So we figured out, let's make a game that's, uh, that where you're not physically present as an avatar. So you're not gonna die from like, you know, some glitch, but, you're a god, like this is god game, and you get to do like all these magic powers. So this, as you can see, we took the same guy from the previous, uh, by the way, we're gonna make it a Fallout-esque post-apocalyptic world because we figured out that there's all these problems with um, 2D layering, what's, what's background and what's foreground. And if we put it all underground, that fixes a lot of those issues. But anyway, this is the, populist prototype where you can essentially just raise uh, ground and lower it. And you can see like, you know, there's some issues like, you know, there's this tree and right, like it's going to raise the ground on the tree and, you know, it's, this is a bit messy, but it was kind of more promising. It was fun to see your characters move around and you didn't have to worry about dying to a physics glitch. Uh, so we continued working on it more and more. And this is Later in 2013, uh, this is a bit better prototype. You had a bunch of like, you know, your followers, you know, and they would worship you if you raised the ground uh, on them. You could uh, make them build houses. Uh, and I think you could kind of like adjust here what they kind of like do. Uh, and then, you know, you could pick them up and show them around. Uh, but most importantly, well, I think I have to cheat and spawn more peasants here, but most importantly, you could do these few spells. So one of them was like, you know, you could make a rain appear. So this is kind of cool. Uh, and then this is the best spell was this lightning. You could shoot these lightnings from the sky. Uh, and, you know, this was, this was most fun. It's like, you know, going around, you know, spamming lightning and destroying everything. <laughs> somehow satisfy something deep and Nordic in me to do this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was this, this was the best part of this game. Uh, 
but the actual God gameplay thing never really took off. And I think partially because we had a side view and it's 2D that causes some issues. Like, you know, it's hard, harder to do, you know, interesting gameplay because essentially it's just one dimensional line. Uh, but we kind of continued working on it. And so from 2013, uh, during 2014, we continued on this God game thing. Uh, and mostly, but mostly 2014, a lot of the time was spent on technical stuff. So we multi-threaded the physics system, added pathfinding and whatnot. And, but by the end of that, the limits of the God game were kind of showing. So it wasn't as fun as we had anticipated, but we still didn't want to put you back into the world because we figured that the, our, uh, observations about it being janky and kind of annoying were true. So we tried something in between. So we made this uh, version of, of this, which is like, you know, an RTS. So you could control uh, units directly. And in order to make them kind of like go anywhere, we added jetpacks to them. Uh, you could, this is like probably the, you know, coolest thing here. So you could make them, you know, dick, uh, you know, paths and whatnot. And you can still do these spells and whatnot. So uh, this was a bit better. We tried various different things with this with these RTS mechanics because we kind of liked the fact that you could have like multiple dudes, so then you would have multiple lives essentially. And it would be fun to see them die, but it wouldn't be kind of like that that bad. Uh, but at the same time, we were kind of seeing, I'm not sure if you can perceive it here, uh, which is also true because like I'm, this is a lot of the stuff that I'm talking is very kind of nuanced design stuff and it's the best experienced if you had a chance to play these things. But what ended up happening with this prototype, uh, and we kind of noticed is that because you weren't physically present in the world, the world started being more like a, you know, started being just like a physics, like a particle effect, right? Like you destroy things. Oh, that's a cool particle effect type of a thing. And at the same time, we were fighting the physics engine. So like, as you can see here, like I'm trying to dig this thing, but the, you know, the sand is collapsing on top of the characters and they have to kind of like work extra hard. And now the base that I was building here has all this soil here. I have to like clean it up by, you know, making these another, a bunch of these are stuck in here and so we had all these issues of trying to you know we're essentially fighting our physics engine to you know make this game so we were in a bit of a limbo in, at this stage so we decided to kind of like do a bit of a game jam inside the studio and all three of us made made our own uh prototypes of the game and the one that came out on top was only made a version, which unfortunately I, I have it here, but I don't have a controller right now, so I can't show it. But you were uh, you were controlling this uh, space dude who had a jetpack, and he had a shotgun, and you would just go shooting zombies. And I'm going to show you a version of this that's a bit further. So then you can kind of see. So you would be this uh, space dude and you can fly around and you would just shoot things. And there would be these zombies and you just, you know, 
shoot them with your gun. And the thing here, which was that once we kind of like put this in, uh, this is like immediately kind of fun. Like this is just fun to mess around and, you know, you know shoot guys. Uh, I think you had, maybe you had different, oh, you had a bit of different weaponry in this version, but right. This was fun in a way that none of the RTS God games were, which was like, it was just fun to mess around. So then we kind of like, okay, decided well, let's go back to, you know, exploring this, putting the, you know, we do it into the, into the game and we kind of continued on that pad. Here's another one that's a bit further along. Mm. So here we were exploring like, you know, crafting mechanics again. So you would get the, you, you had this drill, you could go into this world, you could throw torches around. Uh, you had some explosive things, you know, you could, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just killed myself. Luckily, in this game, like you know, you would spawn right next to where you kind of like started, and uh, you would go into these dungeons. That I think maybe I can I cheat here a little bit. This is working. Yeah, you would go down into the world into these dungeons, and you would find like you know better gear. Mm. Let's keep dying here constantly. Uh, you would have to throw torches around to see where things were. But yeah, you would find like, you know, much better weaponry and whatnot. Uh, this was kind of fine and fun. It was kind of like Terraria uh, with guns. You would go around finding things. Uh, but it was still kind of lacking something. We weren't quite sure what it was, and at the end of 2015, uh, we implemented this version of the same-ish game, but with something extra to it. And the something extra, uh, you have to, you can ignore the bottom part here. <laughs> but the something extra to throwing these torches around and digging in was this mechanic, which was that you could modify your weapons. So you can see here, this weapon is the digger. Uh, and it's got a digger looking thing in here. And then I have these bullets. I could put the bullets into the digger and then the digger would shoot bullets. And then there were like these more complicated versions like this one, which has, you know, you know, uh, this, this thing would shoot like a fire trail and whatnot. So, and you would still go into the, I can show you, this will look, maybe somewhat familiar if you've, if you've played Noita. You would go into these worlds and this world was pretty big and like Terraria-like, so it was kind of wide and everything was everywhere. And you would go into these worlds looking for, you know, uh, enemies and, and loot, and then you would get better, better cards, so to speak, and when you found things and, you know, you'd also like put these weapons into this inventory slot. You had quite a lot of inventory. And you could kind of like always modify these. And this started, this was inspired by deck building games. So like Dominion. So hence like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's immediately obvious, but that's where this, these ideas came from. Uh, so this, putting this in 
the game started to come together because like now there was like more of a reason to go exploring and looking for things. So you would try to find like these good cards to make these really good like weaponry. And it was kind of fun. Uh, like, you know, this, this kind of like this shooting was immediately fun and, you know, and being around and going into places. And you could even, I think we had a version of this where you could kind of like build your base on top. So if you died here, like if I die, uh, I think I would be spawned on, yeah, I'd be spawned on top of the world. And then I would have to go back into the dungeons where I was and, you know, try to find my gear that I have left, left behind, uh, like Diablo style or Terraria style. So this was going somewhere. Uh, so we continued from, from the end of 2015 onwards. And uh, in 2016, one of the things that were, was kind of like bothering us with this um, system was that a lot of the, the theming of it. So like if you were just making these guns and modifying them, it was kind of hard, like why would you put different kinds of bullets and whatnot? So we figured that if we if we go back to our kind of like original wizard physics esque uh, game, we could um, you know uh, do a lot more. Like you could do a lot more varied things, and they would make sense, and they could use the physics system. So this is 2016 May. Uh, we have uh, we put in the you know kind of like a wizard character. And you would go around in the world again, you know, throwing torches around, and the torches could set things on fire. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> and you'd collect uh, better loot here, and then you would go back up, and you know. And one of the things I'm going to quickly show you here is that in this version of the game, what you could do. Uh, you can see these are still called bullets, but you could do like, you know, because uh, you would be spawning back up here when you die. Uh, we had you being able to build like, you know, you could build your base uh, with these different spells. Uh, so there's these, you know, building spells that allow you to place uh, wooden things in. And then you could also build uh, because these wooden things would be burning always. So the idea was that you would use these wooden slats to uh, build like, you know, these, uh, I don't know what they call in English, uh, support structures. And then you would put cement in here. You have the cement gun and uh, you would use the cement to build your, you know, base. Uh, I think this might need a bit of fire to get it going. Uh, anyway, this this cement spraying and building was kind of fun in in ways, but also kind of like you know really messy and not. <laughs> you couldn't really really build like you could build these kind of like you know cement things, but again we had issues with the background foreground. So like how would you put backgrounds into your buildings that you had done and done? But right, we were exploring these things so. We continued, it was kind of like working, but it was also not working. So one of the issues, there were a few issues with this version of the game. One of them was that 
you had this ginormous inventory uh, and you would go around. Oh yeah, one mechanic I haven't mentioned to you is that you were, you were a vampire. So you could drink blood to heal and you would get blood from your enemies. So let's show you quickly. Murder this guy. So you can see the enemies were very bullet spongy as well. And there was a reason for that. Uh, finally. So once you kind of managed to murder them, you could kind of like, you know, use your drill to get blood out of there and then you could drink the blood to heal. Right, and we kind of like this because like it made the blood be like a physical thing that you had to use as a, as a kind of like health back and you got to play around with. The liquid physics of this, this is why you would actually be looking because like, you know, you have to. So the issues we had with this prototype were that um, because you could kind of heal yourself constantly, you could go exploring until you found the things that you kind of needed. And because you would be getting so much loot in these explorations, what ended up often happening is uh, you would have your inventory full of stuff. And if you had figured out some sort of a OP combination of a weapon, you just, you know, do that same OP weapon combo like every time you played the game. And because it wasn't permadeath and you'd be going back up to the top, you weren't even that kind of like worried if you had something really good, you just go pick it up. So it made it, and in order to compensate for that, we kind of made, as I pointed out, we made the enemies kind of bullet spongy and they're kind of really difficult to murder. Uh, so the end result of that was the beginning part of the game was kind of like this grindy thing where you had to fight this really hard game in order, like, you know, you. You shoot some enemy, you go back, you drink blood, you go kill more, and you'd be looking for stuff. And once you found like your OP combo, then the rest of the game was like, you know, very easy. So it's this tipping point of like nothing and then everything type of thing. And it was not very good and very fun. So the thing we decided to do uh, was we decided to make, make the game permadeath and roguelike again. Uh, uh <laughs> okay. so what that meant was we essentially kept all the mechanics that I mentioned that you would throw torches around, you'd be drinking blood, uh, and you'd be editing these cards uh, and weapons. Uh, but the only difference here was that, you know, this is a very familiar looking uh, wand, I'm sure to everyone. Uh, the only difference was that we made it permadeath. And just by making this permadeath, uh, things started kind of working together. The gameplay started kind of like working much better. So like the things that were there, all of a sudden, it kind of like squeezed the gameplay together in a way. So things that were there already kind of like became more intense and interesting. And then it wasn't so such a bad thing if like you happened to find some sort of an OP combo because then, you know, you could lose it if you died. And that made it a tense experience to have like, you know, this really cool OP thing that you've managed to put together. And that was like, you know, we were like, okay, this is clearly a direction to go. 
because like we we play tested this and we had like like the most fun that we had had with the game in, in longest of time. Mm. So that was working. And the other part of that was kind of production wise, we figured out that if we we're making, because we were using a lot of effort to make these procedurally generated worlds, but if you made it this like Terraria game where you play through the world essentially once, or like you spent eight hours playing through this world and then you'd be kind of down with the game. Uh, it didn't quite make sense to use procedural generation because we could just handcraft the world and do a lot more cooler things that way. So then we figured like, okay, if we make it roguelike, then, you know, we get to use the procedural generation and the players get to see that. So we continued onwards from, from making it roguelike. Uh, I'm just gonna show you a version here from 2017, March. And I'm gonna show you because there's a few interesting things here. Uh, we still perceive that there's this problem that you can become OP. And uh, especially if uh, especially if if you can kind of like do that consistently in every run, we figured that that would be kind of bad. So we were experimenting with ways to kind of like make you have to use varied uh, strategies during your run. Uh, and so you couldn't just like use the one wand that you had that became really good. Uh, so the things we had, oh yeah, two things have changed here. One, we took out the torches that we had uh, and we replaced that with a fog of war. So laying out the torches was, was cool because you could use it to set things on fire, but it was just in the way of the gameplay. And once we had the fog of war and no torches, it was just like, yeah, this is definitely the way to go. Uh, the second thing we, so a few of the things that didn't survive from this prototype is that um, I guess I have to start the game again for you. Uh, a few of the things that didn't survive from this is we had unidentified spells, right? In the in into tradition tradition of uh, rope likes and let's say net hack. We had unidentified spells, so you would have to cast the spells to know what they did. Uh, this is there so that you would have to like take risks with things and you couldn't always know what you were doing. Uh, so like here, if I shoot this, you can see this, you know, it's blood. Uh, and the other thing we tried here, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a small number above this wand, which it says 140 something. Uh, was adding like, you know, durability to your wands. So like in the style of Breath of the Wild, uh, we figured that, you know, maybe if we added some sort of durability mechanic, it would make things more interesting for you as a player. Uh, so what happens here is once this number is the durability of the wand, once it, you've shot enough times, you start losing capacity in your wand, which is like, you know, yeah, just show you. And that didn't, you know, that was not fun. Like that didn't work either uh, because you just start using things very carefully. And that was not really like, you know, a thing we kind of wanted. We tested other things that didn't quite make it. Mm -hmm. But so in between 2017, March, uh, 
or around that time, we were starting to be a bit worried that we've worked on this game for quite a long time. So maybe people are not that interested. And in, we made a reveal trailer that came out in July, 2017. And this is the reveal trailer. Um, between March and July uh, in recording this, maybe you can see the things, but we spent a lot of time just like polishing graphics and uh, effects. So the game got a lot more polished in this period of time. But at the same time, the design was still kind of, you know, not quite there. Like it was fun playing these games, but it was also kind of, you know, not really working. So I'm just going to show you two more prototypes and then it will be kind of done. So at the end of 2017, we decided, that, okay, let's figure out how to, you know, actually make this game work. And we started implementing a bunch of different changes. So this is a version in the middle of doing a bunch of these changes. Uh, number one thing was that we took away, start a new game here. Uh, we took away your uh, vampirism ability. So you couldn't heal by drinking the blood of enemies anymore. And what that did is now you couldn't uh, explore the, all the levels all the time which you could do previously because you'd heal up. So now you would be only getting heals in between levels. And we put this area in between where you could heal up. Uh, second thing we removed is we removed the uh, drill that you had. So we replaced it with bombs. And what that meant is we also uh, had to uh, fix our, we had to fix our procedural generation so that there would always be a path to the exit. And, and we kind of like, we used a drill as like a fix to having kind of a poor, poor procedural generation system. Uh, the other thing we did is we made enemies drop gold. Uh, I think in between these times, they were dropping also uh, the cards that you could see. And uh, you can see this still has some, unidentified stuff in here. Uh, and you can, you know, you have quite a big of an inventory. You can carry a lot in this. But I just want to show you here's like, you know, once you made it through this level, you go to these, uh, you know, these portals and they would take you to this, you know, shop uh, in between levels where you could buy things and, you know, heal yourself and then you would go on to the next level. So, this is where the game kind of like started to coming together in a way. So the structure was clearly like, you know, making the game more interesting. And one of the things that's kind of implemented here, but it's not quite shown. And I'm just gonna, we continued working. So this is from January, 2018 on this kind of same path. Uh, what we also implemented is we limited your, um, how much you could carry around. So we limited you to four uh, wands. And so then you would have to make decisions of like what things to bring with you. Uh, we removed the unidentified thing because that was not 
being fun not knowing what things would do and it was more fun like you could you know make decisions informed decisions what you kind of wanted to bring so then you would have to make these decisions of like which ones do you bring you know with you and do you bring something because of the contents of it or do you bring, bring something with you because the wand is really good uh there's a jest down there that i'm Oh, this gives me money. So this was uh, from 2018, uh, January. And so once we had all these changes in, it was kind of like starting to be a really good structure for the game. Like, you know, this, this stuff was kind of like working in a way that it had not before. Uh, oh yeah, one major difference in between these also was the fact that now you couldn't edit your wands anywhere anymore you could only edit them in between the levels and that was like a major thing that made it made all these decisions that you have to kind of do uh, much more important and once you made it to this uh holy mountain here you would get to use the shop and you know you could edit your wands uh, and uh oh yeah this used to be the edit your wand station and then you could kind of like you know go on to the next level and uh so that's that's about it uh this is this is about where like you know we ended up uh, i'm just gonna sorry mike i if you were saying something but yeah we were from 2018 uh the noita early access came out in 2019 uh september and the main mechanics in between that, the main thing we kind of added was perks. And what ended up happening with perks is we could bring up a bunch of these old mechanics we had kind of tested. So like that editing the wands everywhere stuff uh, really changes how you play the game because like you can really optimize and build your wands wherever and you're not limited, but it kind of like made the game grindy in a way that we didn't like. Uh, or. Uh, so then bringing that as a perk that you pick up really changed the game for players. Same is true of the vampirism. That was kind of like being able to explore everywhere and get health back little by little was uh, not good for the game as a whole. But if it was something that you couldn't you know, rely on, you could get it from time to time, you would kind of like change your run and make it very different. And that kind of, we kind of, ended up imbalancing the game a lot in lots of ways to make it so that your runs would be very different depending on the kind of stuff that you get. And that's the kind of like structure that Noita went on from early access to 1.0 and beyond. So yes, that's that's essentially all that I have. Thanks, Thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully it was all interesting. Thank you so much, Petru. That was so fantastic. I mean, there were so many interesting things in there and I really recommend looking up, I'll link this in on, the, on the Discord later, I really recommend up looking up uh, Petri's tech talk as well, which is similarly fascinating to watch. I mean, it's just been such an interesting project. And it's also amazing to, to actually see games at a conference on games. Like it was just wonderful to see you play through those prototypes. Um, we might briefly uh, have time for like 
a quick question if someone has something. Um, but one one short thing I wanted to ask you was how, and I, you know, a lot of us researchers as well are sort of adrift on long projects. How hard was it to keep up kind of morale, I guess, uh, throughout all those prototypes? I mean, it's incredible, the story that you showed us. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think it's... Uh, mm. I think we had some issues uh, with it, and I think it's it's very dependent on person to person in a way. Uh, but we kind of had a originally. I had the kind of a. I was luckily being in a situation where I was not dependent on Noita being very successful, so I was kind of like doing it as a because I was enjoying the work. Uh, and the later and later we went in it, the more and more we kind of like started feeling like, oh, this needs to be kind of like, you know, we need to have some confidence that it's going to be financially successful. Uh, so that's when we kind of like ended up making the reveal trailer. And we kind of did that a bit too early, I would feel in some ways, as you can kind of see that the gameplay wasn't quite finalized when we did that. Uh, the other aspect of that was that uh, I think most of us found the work to be interesting. So there were always like, you know, interesting things to add to the game. And once the gameplay kind of started coming together, just playing the game was fun. And, you know, once we had the systems in place and they would interact in interesting ways, it was fun to add new things there and see how they would do. But getting to that point was actually much more work than uh, any of us had kind of anticipated.